Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Marcus Hansen features in today's episode called The Way. If you'd like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org. The Way. Interestingly, the King James Version of the Bible contains the word way over 420 times. The Oxford Dictionary defines the word way as a road, track, path, or route in order to reach a particular place. Interestingly, in a few scriptures, the word way is capitalized, which implies it is the only way or the only method by which one must go to reach a particular destination. Let us read a few scriptures where the words the way is used as such from the New King James Version of the Bible. Acts 9, 1 and 2. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Acts 19, verses 8 and 9. And he, Paul, went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. In Acts 19, verses 22 to 23, So he, Paul, sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time there arose a great commotion about the way. And finally, in Acts 24:14, but this I confess, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. Question. What was the way referred to in the context of these scriptures? When we go on a journey, it's good to know the way to get to our destination, correct? King David also cried to the Lord, saying, Show me your way, O Lord. Teach me your paths, Psalms 25 and 4. Reading through the books of Acts, it appears the way was widely known after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. After Paul gave his defense before Felix the governor, the scripture records in Acts twenty-four twenty-two. Quote, but when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings. So from these readings, we understand that Felix, the governor, knew 
about these people that were referred to as the way. Last summer, I went for a hike in a park that was about 15 minutes from our home. I wanted to see the Norvan waterfalls located in the mountains of North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. From the entrance gate, there is only one way to arrive at the waterfalls by foot. To reach the falls, one must hike seven kilometers through a forest along the wall of a steep valley. Entering the gate to the park, there was a sign which read, To reach Norvan Falls, follow the yellow tags posted on the trees. The beginning of the trail to the waterfalls is flat, wide, and well-traveled. There were people walking alone or in small groups. Some were jogging, some were taking their dogs along for exercise. But as the trail narrowed, there were fewer and fewer people. After hiking about two kilometers, the pathway began ascending up the slope of the valley wall and became single, narrow, and a rugged pathway. I had to be careful where I planted my feet as there were many tree roots and rocks to trip or stumble over. And journeying along the pathway, there were also other trails leading off in different directions. And I thought of the scripture in Matthew seven, thirteen to 14, where Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the path, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. About three-quarters of the way to the fall, I came to a Y in the trail. Just then, a young man caught up to me and asked if I was going to the Norvan Falls, and I said, yes. He immediately said, oh, it's this way, follow me. I hesitated but took a couple of steps to follow him. However, I did not feel right about the direction he was going. I couldn't see any yellow tags in the trees in the direction that he was taking me. I stopped, turned around, went back to the Y intersection and looked for a yellow tag on the trees. In the distance, I saw a yellow tag on a tree pointing in the other direction of the Y arm and I began walking towards it. Jesus warned of the danger of listening to other voices when he said in Luke 17:23, and they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. Us be vigilant to follow only in Christ's footsteps and to listen and hear only his voice. From the Y intersection, it became more difficult to find the pathway because a recent heavy rainfall had washed away the footprints of previous hikers. I had to pay very close attention and keep my focus on the yellow tags to know I was going the right way. Also, the path became steeper and steeper. Eventually, I began to hear the roar of the falls. As I carefully worked myself along a narrow ledge of a rock face and came around a bend, I broke out of the forest and there it was, bathed in brilliant sunlight the Norvan Waterfalls. 
I stood silently admiring the waters gushing over the high cliff above and plummeting down to the clear pool below. A beautiful, cool spray of mist from the waterfalls brushed across my face. It was so refreshing. And I realized then how worthwhile it was to keep my eyes focused on the yellow tags to find the way, the only way to the falls. And thought about what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When I began my hike, my goal was to reach the Norvan Falls. To reach the waterfalls, I had to focus on only one thing, the yellow tags posted on the trees ahead of me. In like manner, in order to receive our inheritance of ruling and reigning with Jesus in his coming kingdom, we must keep our focus on Christ. We're living in very perilous times. Increasingly, we hear of wars, disasters, mass starvations, earthquakes, devastating storms, floods, civil disorder, riots, and we are presently dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. These events are not surprising when we consider what is recorded in the Bible. Down through the ages, many of God's spokesmen prophesied that difficult times will come on mankind preceding the coming of Christ. Daniel wrote, There shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Daniel 12 and 1. Likewise, Jesus spoke of the great tribulation that will precede his coming in Matthew 24, 15 to 29, and also in Luke 17, 20 to 37. Interestingly, Jesus mentioned Noah in Matthew 24, verses 36 to 39. Speaking of his return to this earth, Jesus said, But on that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. This is a warning that we need to always be ready for his return. In Genesis 6, verse 13, God spoke to Noah and said, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, God gave him the plan to build an ark of safety so he would be prepared for God's coming judgment. Noah was obedient and built the ark according to the pattern God gave him. When Noah completed the ark, he took his family and animals into the ark, and the flood destroyed all mankind. It would have been a horrific scene to witness, but in the ark, Noah and his family were safe. Likewise, God has given us a pattern of how to build an ark of safety in this present age of uncertainty, turmoil, and tribulation.
That ark is the church. Let's read again what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When the children of Israel asked Moses what was the name of the God who was sending him to deliver them from Egypt, God told Moses to say, Tell them, I am has sent me to you, Genesis 3 and 14. When Jesus said, I am the way, he is implying that he, through his Father, is the way, or the I am is the way to everlasting life. Therefore, Jesus is the only means or method by which we can inherit the promises of God. This way written about in the book of Acts, is found in the ark of the church, the body of Christ. The church is composed of families with the father, the elder, and the wife, the deacon. Parents teach their children the ways of the Lord and to learn obedience. Family members attend a local church, which is shepherded by local elders, helped by deacons. They minister the truths of God that are revealed to them through the universal traveling elders. Local elders provide opportunity for individual members to minister according to their spiritual gifts so that the church can be comforted and edified. Local elders receive and faithfully administer tithes received from family members. Two-thirds of the local church tithes are submitted monthly to the country's central fund. And these funds are employed to help the poor, the fatherless, widows in need, disaster relief, and church administration costs. Traveling elders and deacons have the oversight of the church worldwide. And they are responsible to God for the welfare of the universal church. In oneness and unity, they minister the truths The Holy Spirit has revealed to them, which keeps the kingdom message pure. They also provide direction on matters concerning the local church. As a safety net, the church anatomy, as outlined, provides security and protection from corruption and immorality through the multiplicity of elders who submit to each other and to Christ in love. This is overshadowed by the fundamental principle of divine love, agape love, which is demonstrated by every member of the body of Christ towards each other in deed and in truth. 1 John 4 and 18. As members of the body of Christ, we are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in which you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Ephesians 2, 19-22. Oh, hallelujah! That is why we must keep our focus on Jesus for... He is the head of the body, the church, Colossians 1 and 18. This is God's pattern, his blueprint. 
his plan for the church and God's coming kingdom. This is the way. If we stay under the covering of the church in the ark of the church, we will be safe from the judgments of God which are beginning to come upon the earth. In conclusion, in order to receive our inheritance and becoming joint heirs with Christ in his kingdom, we must keep our focus on Jesus and remain under the umbrella of the church. On the night before Jesus went to the cross, he met with his disciples and he said to them, quote, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 16.33 Yes, Jesus is our peace. By focusing all our attention on Jesus, he provides peace, though the world is falling apart all around us. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Let us not be dismayed at what we are seeing in the world today. Let us be faithful to our calling and keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Remember that Jesus, being made perfect by what he suffered, became the author, or I could say waymaker or bridge builder, of eternal salvation to all who obey him, Hebrews 5 and 9. Jesus has gone before us. All we have to do is follow in his footsteps. Let us read from Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight or concern and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. While I stood looking at the pool of crystal clear water at the bottom of the Norvan Falls, I thought of our promised inheritance spoken of in Revelations 22, verses 1 to 3. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. I'm sure that we all want to partake of that tree of eternal life and live forever. Though Adam and Eve were forbidden to partake of the tree of life, it will be available to those who stay under the covering of the church and who keep their eyes focused on Jesus and keep moving along in this way. Revelations 22 and 14 reads as follows. Blessed are those who do his commands, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that wonderful promise. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, 
we thank you that you have opened up to us to see and understand that you have prepared a way for us to enter into eternal life, where death will have no reign over us. We thank you that you've laid out a pattern clear for us to follow after, and that you are the head of the church. And if we keep our eyes focused on you, and we stay in this way, that we will someday see the fulfillment of the promise of entering into eternal life where death will have no sway. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing the way unto us. We appreciate it so very, very much. We ask these things now in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Missions, Inc. podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.